Congratulations, you're today's lucky winner. You're dead, but you've won a year back on Earth to do whatever you want. And I'll be your Grim Reaper chaperone. Rita, why are you at my desk? I'm talking to a lucky winner! Them, they are dead. I was going to tell them about the show. The show where I helped my dead human friend Dawn prove that she was murdered? Yeah. The paranormal stoner comedy. Yes, the scripted fiction show that's got fart jokes, sapphic romance, vampires, and acid trips. Where would they find today's lucky winner? On their favorite podcatcher app. Now get the f*** out of my desk. And I know this is off topic, but now every time I do the count in with Happy Not Crappy, because I'm the 6 through 10 there, I always have to stop myself from saying one. <laughs> um... Hi, welcome to an unusual episode of Rebel Revolution, uh, where we challenge, address, and acknowledge our bias and privilege by and asking... the weaponization of those things in the world, and by asking the tough questions and dissecting the tough answers. Yes, that's what we do here. Yes. Um, I know it sounds a little less polished this week, and I'm going to just start this episode off at the top by saying um, that was my fault. I deleted our episode. So, um, oops. Uh, Sorry about that. So this will be a little bit shorter and um, a little bit more personal and a lot less edited. So I hope that's okay with everyone. It kind of reminds me of like, like the, the shows like After Dark. (laughs) <laughs> yeah where everybody's absolutely. just a little bit more real yeah nick at night after dark nick at night after dark do you remember those the after dark and it was all like the adult shows but they were they were fucking sitcoms from the 50s i was gonna it was say it's like i love lucy and whatnot no exactly because i didn't like the colors <laughs> you didn't i loved black and white tv i still do i, really I loved don't. it i that's why when wandavision came out i was so into that like the first couple up i was like yes i yeah no i really have to work myself to like it like um my spouse he likes a bunch of shows that i never wanted to watch because i just don't like the i'm really weird well okay i'm not weird i think this is just part of me being neurodivergent i don't like certain shows based on the colors yeah and so um like king of the hill I like that show now, but I hated the animation and, and just the hue, pigment, saturation of the colors. I just didn't uh. like the colors, but he kept playing it and playing it and playing it. So guess what I like? King mm-hmm. of the Hill. Um, same thing with Columbo. I didn't like the colors. It felt a little too brown for me. and But he kept playing it and playing it and playing it. And now I'm cool with Columbo. <laughs> Oh, see, I don't have anything like that with colors. I have it with sounds. I can't stand certain sounds. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends would say that I'd be really good with ASMR, that I'd benefit from it, or that I'd be good at participating in it. Especially when I get really close to the mic like this and talk (laughs) like that and shit, you know. Mm -hmm. And but I can't stand it. There's certain sounds that the moment they hit my ear, I everything in me just it's like those scenes with venom when venom is reacting and it's like bursting out of the body that's what it feels like in me something is bursting out of my body every time i hear certain sounds i get like that with uh styrofoam Mm -hmm. oh i can't um (laughs) 
and clearly you can't either. And Don't love it. rakes on cement. Ooh, yeah. Is it just metal rakes though? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's just that's that sound. I don't like that scraping sound. Yeah. I'm good with like I'm good with it like on the leaves. I'm good with it on the grass. I'm good with it on the dirt. But there's that scraping sound that just like uh, and so it's funny when my spouse is doing yard work because let's be honest, I'm I'm not a very good like homemaker and housekeeper, which is totally cool. I like I own it. I'm okay. I just need it. Yeah. Um. So when he's doing the yard work. And he's about to start raking. I just cover my ears. I just like, because I can't. I just yep. can't. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's like, why are you apologizing? You're just doing what you need to do. I just see what you're going to do. And I'm going to yeah. cover my ears. Yeah. Like, just thinking about it is making my teeth grind. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I know with um, other sounds, like, I can I can stand a heavy metal if I have to on on pavement I don't like it oh. but I can stand it oh, we're not um but no <laughs> no for those of you who can't see which is everybody Ali is um <laughs> head banging amazing um no uh but it's that light sound of metal like the aluminum sound um oh it, uh, no, no, no. Okay, can we not talk about this? <laughs> so what we're talking about is... But you know what? I think it's really interesting because, you know, we're talking about these things that maybe most people are like... Or maybe not. I don't know. I think a lot of people can probably relate to it. But I think because we don't talk about a lot of these things, it can be seen as weird. Yeah. Different. Odd. Mm-hmm. You're just being too sensitive. Hey, which technically is true because it's a sense and it's too much. So you're right. You're right. <laughs> and I'm not offended. So fuck you. Um. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that that's one thing that people are surprised about. Um, nobody realizes anybody else's experience until we tell them. Mm-hmm. And then... When you find out that somebody's experience is nothing like your own, a lot of people are very shocked by that. So a great example that I just recently saw is this idea that not everybody has an internal monologue. What? Yeah, not everybody has it. Okay, so my partner does not have an internal monologue. Okay, let's define internal monologue. Are we talking about like you hear your own voice in your head as you're processing things, or are we yes. talking, or is it like a narr- narrating? Uh, some both? people have it, both are true for different people. Okay. Um, I have one that is my voice in my head, mm-hmm. and then I also, I mean, I'm weird, and I tell myself stories or. You're the an author. person in my head tells me stories. You're an author. But it's me. It's just not me. But you're an author. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, it's like, well, that makes yeah. sense. Well, but it comes back to that. Like, I talk about how whenever I'm writing my characters, my novels, it I'm not writing a story. The story is writing itself through me. Yes. It's th- There is a story in my head being told. I just have to tell it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's my job. That's my job as an author. Hopefully, with any luck, I do it. I do the story justice. I do these characters justice. But mm-hmm. I don't own them. They are not mine. They just 
live in my head. <laughs> I, I've heard things like that from other, like from other authors when they're yeah. talking about like killing off important characters. Like, why did you do it? And it's like, well, it's because I didn't want them to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like I cried. I cried. Trust and believe the day I care I killed one of my favorite characters. I cried. And when I reread that scene, I cry again because mm-hmm. I do love this character. But I also know that in order for the story to move forward, this thing had to happen. Mm-hmm. And it had to happen to this character in order for the rest of the series to occur. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it all, you know, it all ties together. And so what you, so you, kind of like going back. Um, so there's people who don't have any internal right. voice in their head, like at all. At all. Like my huh. partner can call on one and then he, and then do it. But I guess he just doesn't process thought that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's a different way of processing thought. And when he's tried to explain it to me, I have no way to grasp mm-hmm. it. It made me, it makes me think of like mindfulness in DBT, which technically mm-hmm. mindfulness is not just like DBT is, you know, Eastern meditation. Um, DBT is using aspects of it, probably like appropriation, but, um, but in this, the context of the story, this is where, you know, it relates um, because I'm a therapist. And one of the things I got trained in is dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT. And there's a component where you're focusing on mindfulness Mm-hmm. And they focus on the three hows. So you're going to be, oh my God. Okay. There's participating awareness and observation. Man, I guess it's been a while since I talked about DBT. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I usually know this shit on the, by, like, at, like by the back of my hand, except I really don't know the back of my hand. So never mind. Um, and so like, there's a difference between like awareness and observation. Or that's it's observing and describing. That's what it's called. Observing and describing. So observing, you're literally just observing. You're creating this awareness around you. You're not using words. Right. You're just looking without words. And my brain's right. like, what the fuck do you do with that? Because I look at something and then my brain automatically goes to, okay, well, this is how I can describe it in my head. It's like, ah, no, that's a different skill. That's the describe skill. That is not the observe skill. And then there's like participate. And it's easy for me to do stuff and participate without words in my head. Mm-hmm. But to just mm-hmm. sit and have this awareness of what's around me without putting words to it, like... Mm-hmm. That just seems weird. So, like, I mean, obviously it's not, but I guess that kind of brings to the point, like, each person has their own experience and we don't really get to know it. And I guess that kind of makes me think about a little bit what I was wanting to talk about, and we don't have to go, like, full in depth, but, like, we challenging the system Mm -hmm. isn't just to purposely be a pain in the ass. Right. I think a lot of people think like, oh, look at those liberals. Look at those snow snowflakes. They're just, you know, they're just trying to make change for the sake of change. But like, if you're that person who doesn't have the words and, you know, like that, your own inner monologue and everybody else does, then you internalize that and think you just suck. There must be something wrong with me for not doing that. Or, um, well, I think one thing that's particularly interesting is that it changes the way you interact with the world. If 
you, someone like you and I, and and I, what I did with it when I heard this question for the first time, let me just explain how this went. What I did when I heard this question for the first time was, the question was, do you have an inner monologue? And I was like, oh, I absolutely do. And then I thought some people don't. And I called my grandmother and she does not. And I called my older sister and she does not. I talked to my partner. He does. I talked to my, or he does not, but can. I talked to my child. They do. You know, uh, and I, I went through several humans and I was like, do you? And several, there were a ton of different answers. Mm -hmm. There were a ton. Some are very visual. And mm -hmm. they, so they, they, when they close their eyes, they can picture a whole scene. Some of the artists were like that. Mm -hmm. um, but not knowing that other people don't process thoughts the way you do means you interact with the world differently. Mm -hmm. And not understanding that other people are processing thought differently means you're going to treat them differently. So society has this very particular way of thinking. They look at the world and they say, you should be able to do A, B, C, and D. And with our inner monologues, I know I think yours is very similar to mine in that it's not just there. It's also kind of anxious. It's it, it's going to jump. It's going to talk a lot. It's going to jump. It's going to. I, well, mine does. Mine does a lot of like, oh, like just just looking at you. That's Allie. Allie's wearing a red shirt today. There is blah, 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 blah. Like I in my head, I'm describing your closet. It's just how my brain works. Mm -hmm. And it's with everything mm -hmm. and it never stops you, you know what you, that reminds me of like the audio when like the uh, audio options with english description so you don't <laughs> just hear the dialogue you hear like all the description that goes along with the background and whatever right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like my brain yeah i have an inner monologue but i don't describe everything but i'm also not present in everything either so i'm talking to you but i'm not paying attention to your background right i'm not paying attention i'm not describing what because i'm just focused on me talking to you or See, me and I, listening I'm, to you i can't do that mm -hmm. for me that's one reason why when i'm watching television or something um i ha i play with my phone because if I don't, I become so absorbed in what's going on that it affects me too deeply. So, full on crying fits over nothing. Cartoons. This is not an exaggeration. Uh, you know, I'm like, I, I feel like Handmaid's Tale. I don't know. I, I watch Handmaid's Tale. I know it's a little white feminism. When I say a little, I mean like a lot. But, um... <laughs> But I was like sitting and like, oh, you're stuck in my soul. I wonder if that's why. Anyway, so yeah, I get it. I get it. Sometimes it's thing. like too. I, you know, it makes me think. Of, I was having a discussion with a friend a long time ago, and we were talking about Les Mis. Les Mis. Oh my god, Les Miserable. May. Oh, can you say it? No, I can't. Les Mis, the musical. Les Mis. No, I I cannot say it. Oh, okay. I, well, I I I love the musical. I've seen it several times. Beautiful. Cannot say it. Musical theater people, don't judge me. Or but you feel free me. to correct us. But or you could totally judge me. Um, <laughs> I I swear I'm not a fake. Um, and so we were talking about the stage version versus the movie version, and we were uh -huh. talking about how the movie version feels way too intimate with mm. all the pain and it makes it so intense that like sometimes you need to do something to distance yourself versus like the stage version like their sad eyes aren't right in your face <laughs> right right so anyway yeah. so 
that's so, that's the one that Anne Hathaway was in. Yeah. Right. And um, that scene. Oh, that scene. Yeah. Like, I feel like we need a phone now. You know, like it, it, oh, it wait, you don't have a just, phone. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, no, it, it came in the mail today. I'm gonna fix <gasps> it up here in a little bit. Yay! Oh, sorry. That but was I, I'm actually. Um, anyway, I, I want to go back to what we were talking about because it ties in. So, yes. so just this one thing, the way our brains process thoughts in the world affects everything we do. And by us recognizing that and recognizing that some of us have the privilege of being able to control the way our brains process thought and allow that and that allows us to blend in with society and meet society's expectations some of us don't and some of us need to process life in different ways in order to live at all much less meet any of society's expectations and that is what i think I mean, when I say it's time to break out of this box that society has put forward for us, society says, this is what you need to do. This is who you need to be. You need to fit in here. When in reality, there, there's a lot more out there. <laughs> there's, I guess, I need to think about how I need to, how I want to say what I'm trying to say. So if you have something to say, go for it. I was just thinking about colonization and how, you know, like when we say somebody has privilege, but the fact that you think differently doesn't mean superiority. Mm -hmm. Like if someone's neurotypical, it's not because they're superior because they think a certain way and mm -hmm. other people are not. It's just the policies and the culture supports that versus others. Right. So it may look like, oh, poor person for not fitting into my rules. But it's like, who gives a fuck about your rules? It's you're just the one who has the holding the dice for the game or you're the banker for Monopoly. You're the one who the system's supporting you. Mm -hmm. And so when we're trying to ask for not ask for chain, because we're not going to get it if we ask when we demand change it's not just to be a pain in the ass i mean we are pain in the asses i'll acknowledge that and i'm okay with it mm. but it's so that people who aren't the quote-unquote typical and by the way no one's really like quote-unquote normal or superior or whatever everyone's just who they are it, but you know those other people aren't controlling and limiting what other people can do. So, I mean, right. and that goes for so many different things in so many different areas, like ableism. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just us talking about inner monologue. And I don't know if there's any policies that oppress people who don't have inner, but I also have an inner monologue. Is that the norm? Is that the default? I do honestly, I honestly don't know which is more common. Um, it's, and it's not that there are policies that benefit or don't benefit one or the other because nobody knows nobody knows what's going on inside your head instead what it is is if you don't process things as quickly mm -hmm. then you're penalized if you can't look for example maybe two colors um you look at colors and 
there's a test where if they'll show you a word, a color word, like the word green, but it's colored red. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to say the color of the word, not the word itself. And if you can't process that quickly enough, Mm -hmm. then you're penalized. Things like that. I suck at spelling on mm-hmm. the top of my head. I can spell with a piece of paper and just write as long as I, if I know the word, as long as I don't slow down too much. If, mm-hmm. I, if it's a bigger word and I slow down, then I get thinking and then I can't remember. Right. But if you, so when I was in my grad school program, one of the assessments that we would do is we would count from a hundred backwards. Okay. That's not spelling. I also have bad at mental math too. <laughs> um, if you have to like move decimals or carry the one or whatever. I, I get it. Yeah. I'm not the best. But um, so one of the tests is subtracting from 100 by three or by six or something. Um, and I asked the professor, hey, what if you just really suck at mental math? What if it's really hard for you to hold that number in your head? Oh, well, what? how about spell world backwards? So what if you suck at spelling? And then they're like, how did we let you into the program? And I know they were joking, but I also knew they weren't. <laughs> right. Like, ha, right. ha, ha, ha. You know, and so there's like this, like, so is it really a pathology or is it really just your brain being different? And a lot of this kind of stems from like colonialism. It stems mm-hmm. from westernized ideas and standards. And if you don't fit them. Right. Which is why a lot of harm gets done. You know, when we were talking about the residential schools, that was literally it. That's you're not part of the standard. So we need to fit you into our box, even mm-hmm. at the expense of your own death. Right. Or, you know, when you have policy harming the LGBTQ people in the LGBTQ community, like, you know, like gay conversion camps, that's literally you trying to fit someone back into a box that right. they don't fit in. Or refusing to have gender affirming care for trans individual, right. same thing. So I mean, obviously it's more than just inner dialogue, but it's it it still impacts people when you're treated as if there's something wrong with you. Yeah, you internalize that. We were talking earlier today, and I got real vulnerable about my copy for my website. So website lingo like if you're not used to like doing this kind of stuff copy is just the words I didn't know what that was for a while so um and so I but I've been told that I'm a bad writer for so long so the idea of somebody reviewing my writing freaks me out and I've been put down for it and I've been told I'm defensive when I advocated for myself in my writing or I've been dismissed because it wasn't perfect and, you know, mm-hmm. like, and you, I carry that, and, you know, and I wonder how many insecurities that people have is based on you just not fitting into the box and getting judged for it. Exactly. Absolutely. I think that's exactly what it is a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you, when you really look at things, people are, are scorning, they're scorning individuals because they don't meet the standards that they previously set forward. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why would you have standards for that individual to begin with? You know, yeah. like why, what gives, what gives them the authority to tell me how I need to exist mm-hmm. um, or that I shouldn't mm-hmm. or that I can't, you know? Um, I know it's hard sometimes to 
identify or empathize with people who are different than you, who don't have your lived experience. I know that's hard, but is it really worth it to to just throw them away? Is that the kind of person you want to be? Is that the kind of human you want to live your life as? I hear a lot about kindness, but it's not kind to silence. No. Which is so interesting because then a lot of people who are in positions of privilege, not just white fragility, but like cis with with the trans community, heterosexuals with the gay and lesbian and bi community, pan community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like if you're in a position of privilege, a lot of times people say, you're not making space for me. You're hurting my feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you don't get to have space for this. Yeah. And that has to be okay. So yeah, it hurts. And as empathetically as I can say it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that's one of the things that we're get, we're trying to offer with rebel revolution is you know these people who don't understand who want to want to understand who want to understand why things are different who want to understand why the world is changing or what you know what they can do to to make a difference or to help without minimizing the impact of that of those who have already been doing this work those are the people we're here for and you know, we're, we may say tough noogies occasionally, but we're also going to help you get to a place where this stuff doesn't hurt quite so bad every time, I think. (laughs) Well, okay. So like my inner therapist, because I'm a therapist, you can't, you can't tease them out. Like you get trained the skill, you get these skills and it's hard to not do it. But uh-huh. even that, even, uh, I feel like that could be a whole episode of it itself. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We are, you can't grow without the discomfort. So when I say tough, okay, and maybe that's not as kind and compassionate. Well, I'm not judging, <laughs> but it's just part of the process. It, it is part of the process. And it's our, we would not be doing you a service if we're not making you uncomfortable in some way. I'm not talking about like completely, I mean, (laughs) I'm not talking about like completely dysregulating to the point of like, oh my gosh, you're on a drinking binge and you're putting yourself Nor do we mean uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. I mean, you need to have breaks and self-care and whatnot. I mean, carrying guilt about everything isn't helpful to any causes either. You have to take care of yourself so you can bring your best self to, um, to activism or, you know, just bring your best self to the world. But right. If you want to do better, you have to sit with that discomfort because we all, well, maybe not we all, majority of us probably have some sort of privilege. The fact that if you're listening to this podcast and have access to internet means you have technological privilege, you know, and we, and as soon as we can learn to sit with the discomfort of that, we don't have to feel personally attacked when someone calls us out after making a mistake, or even if someone doesn't say it nicely, if someone says like, Mm -hmm. well, fuck you, shut up. You don't get to have a space in this. You can, you can take your hurt feelings because that's valid. Mm -hmm. 
But you're still going to hear their message because the message is you stepped on someone's toes. They're now hurt. So I'm going to respect that. And I'm going to go lick my wounds over here. And then. And then you need to. And then you need to decide what the proper action is. Mm -hmm. And there are several ways to do that. You know, it, it just because somebody says, fuck you, shut up. A doesn't necessarily mean that they're in the right. That's when you go do the research, Mm -hmm. do the work, find out, Mm -hmm. find out if what they're saying is true. Find out if if others in that community also feel that way. And that doesn't mean that you didn't hurt them. That doesn't mean that there wasn't fault. It just means that you're going to put in the legwork to make sure that you're doing what's right and you're being your best version of yourself so we don't have to keep unintentionally and intentionally forcing people to fit into these boxes because that's what we're most comfortable with forcing people into boxes literally kills it does it does literally like literally so i don't know did you did i recently read a statistic um, non-binary and transgender children who have their pronouns affirmed or used by at least um, one person in their life are 42% less likely to attempt suicide. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, if you're yeah. not constantly being attacked, even in your own space. Right. I mean, right. I did a talk in March on suicide prevention and advocacy and why suicide suicide prevention work needs to be more than just prevention because a lot of it is just about like how do we keep you alive Mm -hmm. but there's so many things that are getting missed in suicide prevention it's very reactive it's not looking at what are we doing in the community to make sure that our members aren't getting to a place of that emotional vulnerability if you're constantly being misgendered if you're constantly being told that you're wrong you're a sin you're an abomination you're dumb you're ugly you're fat you know like all these horrible things like how many people would actually truly be suicidal i mean i of course you're always going to have somebody who's going to be wanting to die but if we took oppression and abuse and that trauma out and you didn't make people have to live on fumes by having to be resilient all the time Mm Which goes back to being in the box when you have when you're forced to be in the box and to play the role of whatever the box wants you to be. Right. It drains you all the time. You spend your entire life. I I know Brianne was talking about this when she was on. You spend your entire life checking and rechecking and trying to make sure that you're meeting everyone else's standards at every single step. That Oof. you're you miss out on life and you're constantly exhausted. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be like that much in your head to be perfect. I remember when I was in my graduate program because it was just a horrible piece of shit experience. Um, right. I have it was like the first time I saw a client in a while because, by the way, when you're when you have low costs or free services, no show rates can be high. It's just a thing. It's not a big deal. It's just a thing. So, so I was waiting. I I had a kind of like a dry spell because my note, my first people, whatever. Um, And I finally got to see someone, but 
because I was given so much feedback about how I sucked. Like, here's all these corrections you can make, even though you're literally not doing anything because you're mm-hmm. just sitting in supervision, listening to everybody else. I was so in my head for that session. And right. I felt so awful that I couldn't be present because I was trying to act perfect, absolutely perfect. Because when you're um, at the grad program was I was in, um, they had these one-way mirrors. So mm-hmm. people can observe me. And so they would take notes. Um, we also got recorded so our supervisors could watch it. So I was so in my head that I was acting like the perfect therapist that they're wanting that I wasn't even truly able to be present. And by the end of it, I was just exhausted and defeated. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so, and, and that's just one experience from one person. So like, if we're talking to everybody who doesn't fit the box, and even if you, when you do look like you fit the box, you probably still don't fit the box. I mean, male privilege, that is a thing, but it leads to toxic masculinity. And when you find yourself being more sensitive that's you trying to leave the box and then they try to shove you back in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, so oh. fuck this box. <laughs> fuck this box. Fuck this box. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I don't want to be forced into any more boxes. I think that I like figuring out who I am. I think I spent most of my 20s trying to be who everybody else wanted me to be and you know I'm I'm into my 30s now I'm I'm approaching mid 30s we're almost there and um yeah yeah I think I'm done I think I just want to figure out who I want to be I want to like who I am and yeah and I think for me I'm thinking about all my age I mean I'm a dark and twisty person in general, like dark. (laughs) I I like dark stuff, but it was kind of different as a teenager into, you know, young adults, my twenties. And it really clicked how I always thought I was like badass. I mean, really, I fluctuated from like, I'm the shit to I am shit really quick. Like, um, and I didn't realize how much of it was society's expectations for me and me just not being enough for them. Right. Not meeting them. Constantly. Yeah. Which, yeah. And not meeting them. And it really kind of fucked with my brain. And I know it fucks with so many people too. So it's like, no, no. I you know, I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna cancel the subscription <laughs> to your expectations. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't want to contribute to that. I'm good. Like, thank you. I'm going to subscribe to something else. Not you. Expectations. What? Sorry, I like, that's the title. Um, I, whenever we, there's, every once in a while, we'll hear one cool line or one, somebody will say something and I'm like, that's the title of this episode. So I write it down. You know, I don't blame you because I really suck at titles in general. <laughs> And so, like, if you can find something like, oh, that works. Let me write it down real fast. Oh, man, I forgot it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cancel the subscription to your expectations. Yes. I Um, love it. And you know what, listeners, anybody who's listening, I would love it if you let us know what expectations you are going to cancel your subscription to. Yes. Please. Um, Oh, my gosh. This should be an Instagram post. I'm posting this tonight. (laughs) It is. I will. I'm posting this. Like, I'm going to 
I'm going to edit it and put it up like right now. So if you want to take it and make an Instagram post out of it, you're more than welcome. Yeah. So I'm me, now you got behind out. the scenes. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Well, I might edit it out. I don't know. Anyway, guys, we love you. Let us know what expectations you're going to cancel. Um, I love it. I, you know. Yeah. Yeah, thank, I love it. Thank you for I being here with us and with, with me witnessing us being human. It sounds really oh. stupid because we're normally human. I mean, we we're always tell human. Them, we should tell them where to let us know. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. Um, you can hit us up on our socials. We're at RebelRev underscore on Twitter and Instagram. That's we right. We have our website at www.rebelrev.co. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we are shifting our monthly membership to a masterclass. It's a masterclass for addressing privilege and bias um within yourself mm-hmm. it is going to be 12 weeks and it's going to be in depth we're really going to be delving into like the reason why you're doing this because let's be honest kind of like with everything else in life it's easy to kind of come up with goals but it's a lot harder to follow through so we're going to be really looking at building a strong foundation to help you challenge oppression by becoming more comfortable with yourself and your own identities. Because remember, we have areas of privilege, but sometimes we also have areas where we lack privilege. And if you also know that, that's going to help with your mental health too, because then you can say, fuck that box of canceling the subscription. Um, (laughs) So we're going to look at all those things. We're going to look at how to take it from beyond performative. We're going to look at taking it beyond just your feelings when you have privilege so it's, it's a, going to be a very precise and not precise, very individualized. There we go. It's going to be a very individualized mm-hmm. experience based on the users who are there. And we're also uh, but also using a solid foundation that we've developed to help you um, gain meaning and truly understand your own privilege and bias. We're not here to necessarily teach you about all the isms because we do not. We are not expert in the isms, but this is going to give that really strong foundation to be open to listening to other people's voices, which obviously sounds a lot easier than in practicality. Like, I don't know about you. I don't like feedback. It hurts my feelings. You know, you make it into something that's even more like morally bad Mm -hmm. and it's like shut down. So we're going to help you work through that. So it doesn't feel like you're a bad person. It's just right. We're in the society. The box taught us to act a certain way and we do good at it. We're really We're really good at, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it'll be really interesting with our, with our clients to work through what, what it is society was, society taught them and where they get their ideas. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my gosh. And, I, and my, my, my exploring brain, my therapy exploring brain. And it's not therapy, by the way. I need to point that out just because I'm a therapist does not mean that that is therapy, but exploring that and providing that emotional safety. Mm-hmm. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. So you should definitely check it out. You should join us. So go to rebelrev.co and join the revolution. We haven't picked the dates out for July, but we're going to be starting in July. Um, That's right. We have a 15 person cap because we want to keep this relatively intimate. So reserve your spot before they're gone. That's right. Okay. Uh, See you soon. Bye. Toodles.